welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention. With your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Topper. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Our topic tonight, ADHD and learning, the role of a teacher and potential problems. Um, We're going to get into the meat of the show here in a second, but real quickly, um, our show tonight is being brought to you by children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Um, In celebration of that event, we're looking to give out some free copies of Attention Magazine. In order for you to get this is digital copies, that is. In order for you to get your copy, all you have to do is listen to the show. We're going to give out a secret word uh, during the show a couple times. Listen to another show. Write down that secret word. All you have to do is email me. The email address is attention at attentiontalkradio.com. Just include the two secret words, and we will get it off to uh, Chad, and they will send you a PDF copy of the current. Um, uh, issue of Attention Magazine, and then they will send you the next copy as it's published. So again, you can just write down the secret words and uh, email me attention at attentiontalkradio.com. Again, as I said, our show is being brought to you tonight by Chad, and uh, we've got a tip that we're going to run, um, and then we'll get into the show. More adults and children are getting diagnosed with ADHD, but not all are being treated. Untreated ADHD can lead to emotional and physical complications, including poor self-esteem, accidents or injuries, relationship difficulties, and sleeping problems. To learn about ADHD symptoms and treatments, visit chads.org. Everybody, that's chadd.org. Uh, for those that are not familiar with Chad, they're the um, they're the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. Uh, we encourage all of our listeners to um, to be members of Chad or to donate Chad. They're the ones that are at Capitol Hill that are lobbying and or talking to regulatory agencies um, in order to get language rights so that we can get accommodations and the community can thrive. Um, it's because of what they do. Uh, that we can speak with one unified voice. So a financially strong Chad, a strong community, understand they have a few employees, but the majority is volunteers because they need the money to run those. Uh, as a member, you get lots of member benefits like discount to uh, conferences, uh, Attention Magazine, Ask the Experts, among other things. Um, uh, again, these are all valid reasons to join or to donate money, but really uh, we just need to come together as a community and support them. So to learn more and to donate, go to chadd.org. Okay. All right. Now for tonight's show. Everybody, we're making a little bit of a pivot here at Attention Dog Radio. I've been doing this now, geez, for over 10 years. And yes, there's over 500 episodes uh, out there on the internet. And um, as, as time has gone, I've kind of matured, I think, as a coach. And so maybe you're doing some shows every once in a while that are kind of lessons learned um, as I've coached people over the years. And tonight, the topic is uh, ADHD and the role of learning. I want to talk about the role of a teacher. And the title. Potential problems isn't necessarily the teacher, but I really want to talk and have a contextual conversation about what's going on here and uh, share a little bit of what I see. And um, tonight we've got a guest, Evie, who um, is not an expert on anything other than somebody who's learning in this space, and she's agreed to kind of come on board for us to have a conversation about some of this and see if I can share some, some insights 
for you guys, maybe a few ahas and maybe some uh, mindsets for you guys to kind of help problem solve. So with all that, Evie, welcome to the show. Hey, Jeff. Great to be here. So, yeah, this is a lot of fun. Um, Evie is – she advocates a little bit for some people out there in the, uh, in the ABSD world and uh, dealing with the schools and stuff like that. And uh, I've coached a lot of college students and different people in the learning environment. And so, you know, Evie, one of the things that's interesting to me, have you ever thought about what the role of a teacher is? Yes, a, a lot actually. They're um, what, the, the cornerstone, I would say, to um, engaging and learning in, in many ways. Yeah, engaging and learning. To me, in simple terms, what I've learned over the years is when you think about it, their job is to make learning easy. I mean, you pay them money in order mm-hmm. to learn. If, if if they're not there to make learning easy or, as you say, you know, kind of pivotal to make it engaging, there's really no reason to pay them. And it's funny. I think people lose sight of that. Have you ever thought about that yourself or just never really kind of considered that's their job? They're supposed to make learning easy. I think I have a unique perspective. My my mom's a teacher and my aunt was a principal, so it was um, – I think a different awareness of what teachers do um, across multiple environments and uh, in and outside of the classroom, not just from a student, but also as uh, an observer. Yeah, it's kind of funny. I like how you said in in and outside of the classroom because learning takes place in a formal setting, but also in an informal setting. So a parent can teach, a peer can teach, a boss can teach, you know, kind of across the board. Um, But it's funny because – at the end of the day, the idea is to make learning a little bit easier. And um, it's surprising to me in coaching, Evie, would you think that most people actually go to teachers and ask questions, or do you think they're more reluctant to these days? you ever thought about that? Have I thought about other people asking questions? I, I was not a big question asker. And I guess I assume that not a lot of other people were either. Wow, that's interesting. So I was a scholarship athlete um, at Indiana, and as a scholarship athlete, they wanted you to graduate. And so I had unlimited tutors for free. And it's funny because I had a different track. I was Not only did I, I hire tutors all the time. In fact, I think my sophomore year, first semester, I had probably one of the highest tutoring bills on campus because I'm like, why do this difficult way? But I would always go to the teacher's offices in college right at the beginning of class to try to ask them questions to figure out really what I had to pay attention to. Like I found often there was like a reading list, and I would had a few subtle questions where I'd I'd fed it through to figure out which books I really needed to read and which ones were their favorite books that – they thought it was good to read because their favorite books I really didn't need to read because it was just their favorite. There wasn't material in it, and I could reduce kind of the work as a result of that. So for me, it's kind of funny because I went there all the time as a, as a way to make things easy. But what's interesting, Evie, is I've coached a lot of people, and I think that the, the mainstream people, and particularly kids today, are more – they don't go to teachers. Um, they go to class maybe, but they don't really ask the questions um, to try to make learning a little bit easier, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to – to, to do this program, particularly for people out there, is you realize is that you're paying tuition and money um, in those situations to go ask them questions or to make the learning a little bit easier. So have you thought 
maybe that you didn't go to teachers? Is it because you didn't have questions, or you didn't know what to ask, or you were just a little bit reluctant? What do you think? I didn't know what to ask. I, it was hard for me to identify where my struggle was or where the disconnect was. Ah, so you didn't know what to ask, and you didn't know where yeah. the disconnect is. Yep. Yeah, so, so by the way, everybody, this is all true stuff. I get all this material from people that I coach, and literally I've actually got notes from a client that I had worked with over a period of time. We talked about how a teacher's job is to make it easy. And I asked the individual, I said, why don't you ask the questions? And they said, basically, the teachers don't explain it in a way that I can understand it. And what I'm hearing you say, Evie, is you're not understanding it. You don't even know what questions to ask. Am I put, does that make sense? Am I putting words in your mouth? No, it's, it's uh, definitely part that and part if I wanted to expand into um, linking different topics, I had I struggled to try and – get other people to understand what I was saying in the first place. So why even bother? Just keep on going. Yeah. So <clears throat> we're starting to see an obstacle here. If you don't really know, if you don't understand what the teacher's saying and you don't know what questions to ask, and if you're the type of learner that needs to more contextual and you don't really need to go, that's a good reason not to go to the teacher because it's a little, a little stressful walking in. Yeah, absolutely. And like, yeah. Have you, have you, how many times have you ever, like, particularly for me, you walk into a situation, I've had to deal with lawyers or, uh, like, customer service, and they say, well, what's your question? I go, I need an education. Like, if I knew the questions to ask you, I, let me see if I can do this a little bit different. I was actually getting my MBA in 1998. I was taking a computer class. And I raised my hand, and I asked a question, and the teacher said, did you look in the help section? And I said, ma'am? I said, if I understood what they were talking in the help section of a computer, this is back in Windows 95 day, everybody. If I understood what they were talking about, I wouldn't need help. And she looked at me. She says, what do you mean? I said, they use words that are never defined anywhere. Like, I don't even know what they're talking about. And it's funny because I, I got her attention. She looked at me, and she actually came over and answered the question or whatever because she couldn't argue with it. And that's the situation I find frustrating is I would go read the help section of the computer back then, and I wouldn't even know what they were talking about, which goes back to why bother? And I really think that this is a big, big problem for many people out there is because with the ADHD mind, some people, you think a little bit different. If people can't explain it in a way that you understand it, the barrier becomes you struggle with that. I don't really want to go look – I don't like the word stupid, but like look like you don't really know what you're going. So, I mean, does this make – logically, does this make sense to you? Absolutely. Yeah, All right. I definitely bought into the I'm stupid thing, too. You so bought I, into it? Yeah, oh, yeah. How do they sell you on it? I don't – I'm not entirely <laughs> sure. <laughs> I don't know. I think that I heard it from so many different people. The question's like, wait, what are you talking about? It's like, well, if I can't get – so many people to understand me. It must be me. It can't be everyone else. That doesn't make any sense. And and in truth, uh, it is it is me to because because that is part of me. But it doesn't. It's not the definition of me. <laughs> well, exactly, exactly. So I tell you what. Let's hold that thought. I want to go to a commercial break. When we come back, I want to start talking about some examples of illustrating 
particularly, I find people with ADHD, particularly the top-down thinkers, those in particular struggle a little bit more than the bottom-up people, but we'll get into that with some examples when we get come back. Everyone, our secret word tonight is actually going to be EV, as in Ernie Victor, EV, um, just to celebrate our, our, our kicking off of Lessons Learned. And so, again, our secret word is EV, and with that, we'll be right back after these messages. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Do you worry when your child is left out? Does your child have trouble making and keeping friends? Do they act out in school? Life skills can be challenging for ADHD kids. Learn how you can be her greatest ally. Get your parenting questions answered live the first Monday of every month in a Facebook chat with former Attention Talk radio host Caroline McGuire. She's the author of the upcoming book, Why Will No One Play With Me? Go to www.carolinemaguireauthor.com to learn more. Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. Learn how you can change lives by going to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. The average annual cost of attending college starts around $25,000. Students who have ADHD are at high risk of dropping out because they haven't learned the critical skills they need to succeed in school. Protect your investment with an EDGE Foundation coach, specifically trained to help students with ADHD and executive function challenge make the transition from high school to college. Visit edgefoundation.org to learn more or call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE to get your free college success guide. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by digcoaching.com. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're here with EV having a conversation about learning, the role of teachers, and some of the problems. Uh, before the first break, I really wanted to highlight that, that for me, the job, the, teach, the job of a teacher, you pay somebody money to make learning easy for you. Um, that's the whole goal. If not, we wouldn't really have teachers. You just go learn it on your own. But what I've learned over the years um, in coaching is a lot of times people um, don't go to the teacher and they don't utilize them as, as a way to learn. They actually go off and they try to do it on their own, which for many with ADHD is kind of like the most challenging thing that you can do. And I found reoccurring, particularly for people that are more conceptual type thinkers, that they don't go to the teachers because um, – the teachers don't explain it in the way that they can understand it, and the people that are going up, they, they don't even know where to start. They don't even know how to ask the questions, and a lot of times the teachers like, tell me what your, your specific questions, and I've learned over the years, well, my question is, I need an education. I have no idea what you're talking about, and uh, maybe they've covered the material, but often what they do is they actually cover the material in the same way that they covered it before. So I want to share a story uh, to illustrate this, I was coaching a kid one time, uh, ADD, um, Eagle Scout, uh, Band, ROTC, rocked it, did great in those, struggled in things like trigonometry. Now, understand ADHD is an issue of self-regulation with a working memory challenge, and so everything he was thriving and it was out in front of me, he could actually see it. It's all about doing, whereas trigonometry is more conceptually that kind of created in his head. 
Interestingly enough, at the end of the semester, the band conductor asked them if they needed to critique a performance and write a paper on it. And this 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 kid I was coaching was frustrated. To, I didn't really know, but he actually went to the teacher just to say, I was having trouble with a concept. Like, I don't understand a critique or whatever. And the band teacher said, just critique it. And so at that point in time, he, he asked, and the, the teacher just came back and regurgitated. When you ask two or three times and they're not changing it, I think that this is where you start to feel like maybe you're not getting an EV because at some point in time, you yeah. don't want to ask anymore. And so he writes this paper and did horribly on it. I mean, can you identify with the story as a critique? What is a critique to you? I mean, it's a word to me, but I have a hard time getting my head around it. I mean, can you relate to that? Absolutely. It's, there's an assumption that is not even um, – the teacher's not even aware that, that they're assuming that the student knows the base-level yeah. concept. Exactly. Yeah. And while this is difficult, again, the job of a teacher is really to try to make a life learning easy. And by the way, sometimes they think one way. I'm not saying this is easy, but the idea is we should be working with teachers. And I was talking to the kid. I said, let me ask you a question. Could you imagine what it's like to be the band conductor? And before the piece was played, you imagined what it was supposed to sound like. And then it you played, and then you listened to how it was, and then you compared and contrasted the way you thought it was going to sound with the way it actually sounds. And the kid said, yeah, I can do that. Piece of cake. Like, I can do that like now. And off he went. Now, in that moment, I gave him a context for him to begin to understand or put his arms around what a critique was, and then he was able to go forward because I was helping him to understand that. Now, I can identify with that. Does that make sense for you, Evie? Yes, giving something that's concrete. I found that when people gave me um, examples of other people's work without the giving me a perspective to start from, my working memory wouldn't be able to hold all of the different variables they gave me, and I would be even more lost. Yeah, but now with that, with the now you have a context, a path that you can go into, and a framework in order to organize your thoughts. So, for again, for this kid, it helped. You're identifying with it, and I can really identify because I'm a big because of my dyslexia, it's kind of funny because most people, when you're with dyslexia, when I look at a, a word, if it's a D, I'll retrieve a B. So if a word is dog, I'll retrieve bog sometimes. And so I mean, I'm, I'm extreme on this. So you can now begin to see when you read a sentence, you say bog, when it meant dog, it makes no sense to you. You have to go back and reread it a couple of times. And so I would always get frustrated in this process. And I got off on tangent here. Hang on a second. Uh, da, 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 da. As, and, oh, I remember. So for me, like if I was going to read something, I would need the context. So reading Shakespeare when I was in whatever high school was ridiculously difficult unless somebody told me what the plot was first, Evie. Because if I understood the plot, the bigger picture, I could kind of find the clues and follow along the plot because I had a context of what was happening. But if I had to read it on my own and assemble it, it was like miserable because I just couldn't get through the, the language. So again, that picture – of what I was looking at beforehand made a lot of sense to me. Can you identify with that? Yeah, I think you just explained why I don't care about spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah, it's the whole spoiler uh, culture. Like, don't talk about anything. I'm like, no, please do. I don't. It's not going to ruin my experience. <laughs> Absolutely. So, I, another. I'm going to share this. I never forget when seventh grade we were covering inertia and science. And I literally went up to the teacher and I said, listen, I can 
I can tell you all the right words. Like, you give me a test, and I could probably answer the tactical questions, but I really don't understand what inertia is. And, like, it, like, it didn't click with me. It was kind of interesting because I knew – I knew I could answer the questions, but I knew I also didn't understand the material because I didn't really have a context that really made a lot of sense. So another example, I was coaching a woman that was um, working on a counseling degree, and the idea was you're supposed to create a safe space for people when you're counseling or as a coach in order for them to feel comfortable and talk to you. And she's sitting there, and she's like, she's safe space, safe space. She's hearing the words, but she's not really getting it. And I said, well, imagine you're in a room and people are walking in the room. You know, yeah, create a safe space. You know what you do is you, you look at each person's body language and you, they're communicating to you. They're walking in and their head is down and whatever. You might not walk up and greet that person because they look like they don't want to be here. Or somebody else who came and smiled at you, hey, welcome that you're here. How you interact with each person is individual, but you've got to learn to pick up on their body language and read. By the way, this is a lot more complicated now than what just safe space is. Then they walk around the room, and I said, what do you imagine like you're with a group of people and say, wow, isn't this horrible? I mean I don't know about you, guys. I don't like the fact that I need to be here. Again, you're taking this stuff down. As I began to describe the process of creating a safe space, she's like, oh, my God, now I get it because I was doing much more contextually and actually showing her how that would look to walk down and actually execute that. Again, trying to help her understand what that concept is. So – with this being said, I think one of the challenges really is, Evie, you know, what do you do when you don't even understand the concept or you don't even know? I mean, that's a, that's a, that's the trip now, right? Thoughts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's um, you were talking about the test. Do they want you just to memorize and parrot back what they were saying, or do they want you to have critical thinking and understand and be able to manipulate it and attach it to other things and start linking information together? I love what you said, critical thinking, because I'm a person that even in my coaching practice, I, I'm on the show. I talk to myself as an attention coach because I think I feel like I understand attention. And when I understood attention, I realized a coach actually coaches your attention. And we use lenses, not a microscope or a telescope, but we actually use metaphors and or examples like the band conductor, that's a lens for somebody to look through and pay attention to what a critique is and all of a sudden get it. So a lot of times I'm coaching people by helping give them other lenses to see things a different way. It's really kind of all I do. It's really, really simple, but when I go out and I read gobs and gobs of this, that, and the other, I see them all, they're all just a lens. They might sound different, like I've heard people talk about volcanoes and tornadoes with regard to AD. It's just a lens that you look through. That's all it really is. When I got that context, it made my world a lot easier because it really made a lot of sense to me, whereas learning them all individually. And for me, once I understand the concept, I don't have to remember the details anymore because I get, I, I get what it is. I can figure my way through it. Now, that's the way I think. I'm just kind of curious. Does that make sense? Do you relate to that at all, Evie, or do you have a – I mean, just curious. Once you get it the concept – It reminds me of – Yeah, it's like um, when you go to the eye doctor and they have all those – actual lenses that they are flipping around and and yep knowing that that is how you are actually seeing and being able to manipulate them like that machine um can help change where you're focusing and how you're connecting things and how you're relating to everything around you absolutely that's a great metaphor 
because they are lenses, and all of a sudden, wow, I can see great with that one. Um, effectively, as a coach, I use different lenses for people to begin to see things a different way. So anyway, I tell you what, let's go to the next commercial break. When we come back, I want to talk about the hard part, and that is how do you actually go to people and ask questions when you have no idea what you're looking for, um, how to deal with some of that stuff. So real quickly, our secret word tonight, again, is EV. Again, the secret word is EV. And with that, we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Change your life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips. The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. You can't go off to college with them, but we can. Visit edgefoundation.org to learn more how an edge coach can help your student reach their full potential. You can also call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE and get a free college success guide. Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? (laughs) Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? You can get started moving forward today. Just call Dick Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay, do it today. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're here with EV having a conversation about the role of teachers and potential problems. And really, really what I'm focused here is the learning process. And the, the observation that I've had is that many people with ADHD are not taking advantage of the resources um, by going to teachers to get help or mentors or other type of people. Uh, and one of the big barriers is those people don't really don't explain things in a way the person with ADHD can understand it. One of the things that I've learned is it's really good if you begin to understand what kind of thinker you are, if you can explain that to them first to give them a context. That doesn't mean that they're going to get it, but it's a lens, if you will. If you say, I'm a big picture thinker, and you give them an example like the band conductor, they don't pick up on that. They just might not be capable of it, in which case the idea is not to keep expecting them to figure it out, but actually to go look for somebody else who thinks the way that you do. I've also noticed that some people are very bottom-up. They have the details and they can assemble the bigger picture. I'm a top-down. i got to have the context first um, in order to figure that stuff out. So uh, earlier, Evie talked about the spoiler. For me, I don't like to read a chapter before a teacher teaches it. I like to listen to the teacher first, and then I go back and read the chapter for details. Um, it's just much more efficient. It's the way that I think. Yet in college, sometimes a teacher would force me, like, you know, you have to read this stuff first. So anyway, that being said, for the, for the conceptual learners out there, Evie, it's, it's kind of a challenge here because if you're walking in and you really don't get something, I've learned is like you literally sit down and say, I'm, tr- I'm having a hard time getting my head around this. Now, if somebody's asking you what, what's your question and you say, I'm having a hard time getting my head around this, what do you think the other person does? Like what kind of reaction do you think you get to that? Slowed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I think it can be difficult when, maybe it's my own perspective that because I need a context, I, I sort of assume that other people need a context as well. So when I just say I, I can't get my head around something, it's like I, I can see chunks of it. I need them connected, but I, I don't know how to. Yeah, and so how how is someone else going to be able to get in my head and be able to see those things? Yeah, so the idea of walking in and say I can't get my head around this, A, is to take pressure off of yourself by saying I'm really having a hard time like getting this. And it's a beginning point because usually you do get a little bit of a silence because when you say like now you're, you're trying to diffuse the situation to go back to the education without actually having to come up with the specific questions when you don't even know what the questions are. And so this is one of those things that I've learned over the years. This is why I hate customer service when you have to chat with somebody because sometimes you're talking to somebody. You don't even know what you're looking for, but if the other person, if you're talking and describing the situation, sometimes they can figure out what you're talking about. Oh, 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 you're looking for this. So you get engaged in this dialogue by saying, I can't seem to get my head around this, or I'm struggling with a concept. We're trying to go back up to the learning process and force the teacher to get up there with us as opposed to then just reacting to um, you asking the question. Does this make some sense? Yeah. Yeah, it does. Because we're trying to get um, back to the education, not the particulars, and literally by saying, I can't get my head around this, or I'm struggling with this concept takes us back kind of to the beginning a little bit and starts a discussion. Right. Now, a good teacher or somebody that's very intuitive will pick up on this and they'll reframe it in a different way. And by the way, this is not a knock on teachers, everybody, because you said it earlier. Everybody has their perspective and they have their way of looking at it. And so I'm a very logical, analytical, top-down thinker. There's a lot of people out there that are more emotion-based, and literally in the coaching world, people come to me when I'm coaching, I'm trying to get rid of the emotion and show them how it works underneath of it and then have them execute. And then you go to the emotion side. So I'm trying to show them what will work, and then hopefully the emotion will take care of itself. There's other coaches out there that coach more emotion. Oh, you feel like this. So they're coaching the acceptance of it, not, not the execution of it. I'm not going to say one style is better than the other, but it's a different context because some people are more feelings-based and some are more logic-based. And so when you're walking in and you're saying, I can't get my concept around this, you, you, you're trying to get the person to go back to the learning, the top, the learning thing with you. Begin. Now you can also do an assessment as they're talking to you. Does this person get it or do they speak my language? Hopefully they can work with you to translate, and you go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And you know, separately, we know that Talking out loud alleviates working memory and gives you feedback. And so for people with ADHD, that's a very efficient form to ask the questions to figure some things out. But we also can make a determination in this process if the person is not capable of actually reframing it in any other way, in which case you actually can go to them and say, is there somebody else that you know that might be able to explain this in a different way so that you can use them to get to another resource? So I want to pause here. Strategically, I'm saying you ask these bigger questions to go back to the learning thing. You gauge in a, in a, a back-and-forth type thing to see if you can get into a conceptual-based learning thing. Thoughts on that? I think I should have used utilized office hours more when I was in college. I think that could have helped 
a lot of um, the classes that were more memorization feeling. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then that would have really engaged much more in in my learning concepts that actually would stick with me versus let's get through this next test. Yeah, it's funny because I've coached a number of college kids, and it's funny when they actually go to the teacher's office. I mean, because the teachers, professors usually have to hold office hours when they go. They're the only one there. The teachers or professors usually doing something else because more and more I'm finding the millennials don't take advantage of this because they just go out on the internet and they try to learn it on their own, which is interesting. I've got a a friend in Tampa that's won't go into the details of it, but trying to to get a degree in something and basically signed up for self study program and was really, really, really struggling. And I'm like, you're doing this the most difficult way that you can. I said, you really need to do something. Oddly enough, the semester before I met this person, they were taking a math class, which is the most difficult. They were studying, and they ended up just getting a tutor. So they paid for the class, and they paid extra to get a tutor, a a private Mm -hmm. teacher. Interesting, huh? Like, anyway. When I, when I was dealing with her this other time, I said, you know, you can do something. So she actually found somebody on the Internet. Um, she stumbled into it because sometimes finding somebody teaches the way you do on the Internet. It's a trial and error basis. And they found somebody that could explain it, and all of a sudden she flew through the material because she finally somebody that could teach it in a way that she could explain it, and it made the learning so much easier. And one of the things that's the impetus of this show and the lessons learned is I'm finding so many people – with ADHD are reverting back to learning it on their own without the aid of a teacher or anything else, which I'm saying is probably the most difficult way of doing it, the most difficult way of doing it. And hopefully I'm inspiring some people like literally if you, the teacher's job is to do this, go to them, work with them on an ongoing basis. You've got to help them understand that you think differently. Try to invite them over to your world. Like I'm not getting these concepts. Can we go back to the beginning? Walk me through the beginning of this, these types of things, so that you can begin to ask questions along the way so that you can get the context. Makes sense. Not an easy thing to execute. Yeah. I'm thinking that it's almost a point of pride to try and do it myself because I was struggling so much compared to everyone else and my peers, like all through my elementary, high school career. And the more independent I would get, the more, um, I don't know, acknowledgement of, of my effort, whereas when I was trying and failing, my effort wasn't um, acknowledged, and that probably led into me not utilizing my teachers effectively. So I agree with everything you're going to say. I'm going to kind of shorten this a little bit Is at the beginning – you were like, I felt stupid. Mm-hmm. And if you go back to the teacher, now we have an emotional self-regulation is you're projecting a judgment back on yourself. And that is, is that if I don't ask the right questions or I'm taking too much of the time, I feel like a failure. This is an emotional judgment that you're putting on yourself. It's actually a barrier. And I go back to one of the reasons, and it's, by the way, everybody, I understand this is easy for me to say, it's difficult for you guys to embody, but that's why we go back and say the teachers, you're paying them money. They're supposed to make it easy. You need to make them do their job or give them the opportunity to do their job and go. And so sometimes I find that barrier is the emotional self-regulation of going in and actually saying, I don't really know, and floundering around and asking questions, searching for something that you're not even so sure what you're looking for. 
I think that's very, very difficult, and I've seen a lot of students these days that I've coached that they won't go because they don't want to be put in that position. It's embarrassing. Make sense? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, but it, it's okay. I just wrote down it's okay to be a fish. <laughs> so in this conversation, it's easy for me to say, at the end of the day, you're paying somebody to make it easy for you to learn. Like It makes some sense to take advantage of that. But at the end of the day, if I'm going to go and ask a whole bunch of questions and I don't even know what I'm looking for, it's a little embarrassing. So now we can begin to see what this struggle is. And I want to put some light on it a little bit so people ask the questions, even go to teaching. Like, I'm just really having a hard time with the way you're teaching this to get the conversation going to get past this stuff. Because at the end of the day, I think the big dilemma is is that if the teachers don't explain it in a way that you understand it and people with ADHD think differently, is that if you acknowledge you're not explaining this in a way that I can understand it, can we start back in the con- at the top of it? Can you try to do this differently for me? Like, just saying the critique it's not working, I fundamentally don't even understand what a critique is. I'm not guaranteeing everybody that you're going to get exact solutions immediately, but at least you're moving in a path and not doing the most difficult way, and that's to sit in a room all by yourself and slog your way through it, which is most people don't even end up doing it anyway because it's so difficult. And so this is a different path. Logically makes some sense. Difficult to execute, but again, I wanted to frame out the problem so that you guys can see it and begin to manage it. So, thoughts on that, Evie? I think it's important to give the teachers the opportunity to learn from from us as much as we're learning from them, and so they have the opportunity to adjust or include other um, points of view as they're doing the lesson plans and and teaching in general. They're never going to know Absolutely. our perspective if we don't share it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Nellie, have you learned anything from this today? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> anything new. Um, every time I talk to you, I learn more about myself. <laughs> I know mm. better. More stuff about, um, let's see, what's a good... I don't know. I'm really stuck on the fish. It's okay to be a fish. I'm going to, I can go in there. I can flop around. I can do my own fishing for what I need to get, get done. And that the teachers are really there to help me get to where I want to go anyway. That's why I hired them. That's why I, I'm there. I, I just, I just had a flash. I just, everybody just had a flashback. I just got back from the 2019 annual conference on ADHD that was in Philadelphia a year ago. I was at the same conference, and uh, I was doing a, a, a pre-conference with uh, Jessica McCabe and uh, Chris Scott on marketing. And uh, Jessica McCabe does the YouTube video, How to ADD, which is very popular. I'm a big fan of it. Um, but at the end of the conference, she was a keynote, and she ended it um, playing a ukulele. And I think the title of her song was <laughs> It's Okay to Be a Fish. <laughs> That's funny. You didn't even know that. It is okay. To I did fish. not. It's it's okay if you think differently. In fact, um, I argue Einstein thought a little bit differently. He was brilliant for it. So anyway, today's show is really lessons learned, and that is I find that people with ADHD are learning the hard way. They're not utilizing their resources, and everybody, this isn't a knock on teacher. It's just trying to empower you. If you think a little bit differently and the teachers aren't explaining it the way that you can understand it, the idea is to recognize that, go to them and say, I'm not getting the concepts. Let's go back to the top. Let me get my head around it. Go back to the bigger picture and start answering the questions and see what you can see if you can get your way through with that. 
Um, because if you can find a good teacher that can explain it, the idea is to make it a hell of a lot easier than it is by just learning it all on your own. So with that, any final thoughts or questions, Evie? Trust your teachers, and they'll, they'll help you figure it out. <laughs> there you go. But you, as you said earlier, you have to give you have to give them the opportunity, and you have to help them understand yeah. that you need the translation. All right. So with that, Evie, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Everyone, we hope you've enjoyed this edition of Attention Talk Radio. Remember, our secret word tonight is EV. And uh, it's the first time we've done a show on lessons learned. If you've got any thoughts, uh, good or bad, send me an email at attention at attentiontalkradio.com. With that, catch you next week for another great edition of Attention Talk Radio. Take care.